you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, December 6th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one belongs to the sweet potato kid, Mike Yam. Wow. The co-host of the NFL Explained podcast, the co-host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast, formerly of the Pac-12 Network, currently with the NFL Network. We're so glad to have you. Welcome back to the pod, Mike Yam. Hardest thing that I will be asked today is when you put me on the spot and ask me, what's today's date? And I got it right. <laughs> Thank God you have an Apple Watch. Seriously, I would have been not in a good spot. I'm like, How? throw me under the bus, man. I don't, I don't even no know cute. the date. I have a seventh-month-old son that we still haven't sleep trained yet. I'm going on about 38 minutes aggregate sleep this week. Just pointed at you. and You had it, bro. Voice yeah. number two belongs yeah. to the former number one overall pick, the very first draft pick ever made by the Houston Texans. Wow. Franchise. It's been downhill from there Sounds for like that a long team. Time ago. <laughs> he is a Super Bowl champion. He is the brother, the older brother, of an NFL quarterback. He's one of my heroes because he happens to be Stop. one of the kindest, gentlest, and most learned cats I have ever worked with in my life. His name is David Duke Carr. Welcome back to the pod, sir. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. How's the baby? The baby's good. Good. Get some sleep. That's my family. Stay out of my house. <laughs> Duke? I didn't know that. Yeah, father's name, grandfather's name. That's way gonna back. Make, that's got to make like 
the, the TV broadcast at some point. Yeah, it's Bad job got. by me. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Coming up on the show, we will talk about what's wrong with Dak Prescott, who has okay. had six picks in the last five games. We're going to ask David Carr if he is seeing anything in the release or the vision or the decision-making of Dak Prescott that he can help fix. His answer may be that nothing's wrong at all. We'll find out. We will talk about the Philly defense. First in takeaways, second in sacks. Are they about to maul Mike Yam's Giants? Or will they maul. have a tricky outing and potentially take their second L of the season? We will also talk about OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., who is, of course, Rumored, assumed to be the next wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys roster. However, Jerry Jones says that his confidence is low in signing him if he doesn't work out. David has an interesting take on that one. But first, this. Brady dropping, looking, Brady throws. Caught ball, it's caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Rashad White, Rashad White. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Fire the cannon. The last four and a half minutes of the Monday night game between the Saints and the Bucks was really the only four and a half minutes you needed to watch in that game. As our special guest, Verone McKinley III, will tell us here coming up, Bucks found a way to win this, David. They reminded me in that last four and a half minutes, two two-minute drives ostensibly, of the final drive in that win, that comeback win against the Rams a few weeks back, where we started to see Tom Brady of old dicing defenses with a release that reminded me of Tom Brady circa 15 years ago. This is something to build on, and yet, once again, they made it difficult. They made it almost impossible yeah. on themselves. What did you see that I didn't see? Well, I saw Tom Brady falling back into what he's done forever, is just being at the line of scrimmage and having a command of the offense and, and really knowing what the defense was going to give him and almost getting into, well, exactly what play he wanted. From the jump, there was very little audibling, but it was mostly, I know exactly what we need to do at this moment. And the guys made plays for him. Like, you saw Julio make a nice play down the sideline. Here's one for Jones. What a grab. Scotty Miller came in, had run a nice slant, made a nice, tough, contested catch. He got the ball out of his hand to Leonard Fournette. Over the middle, it's Fournette, first down. The ball was coming out, even on the holding, when he threw the touchdown to Godwin, he even said in the postgame, he's like, how is there holding? I got rid of the ball literally after I caught it. So you can see his mindset right now is catch the ball, decide where I'm going to go. And like you were talking about earlier, he's like, get the ball out as fast as I can, and I'll try and eliminate some of the issues that we have going on up front. And it's nice when you get into that two-minute drive a lot of times. You run so many plays, and they had to do two of those drives, remember, right? So the defense isn't necessarily going to be as aggressive flying up the field. They don't have that, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds to kind of gear up, get that energy back to come rush the passer again. You're getting kind of a 75% rush. So I honestly, when I look at it, if they're going to go forward with this, I would encourage more of that, more of the on-the-ball, no-huddle, up-tempo type stuff, and let Brady just be him. Like, that's what he's always done. That's his that, – if you're going to put a master class together, it's Tom Brady at the line of scrimmage running a two-minute drive. So do more of that. David Carr says, let Brady be Brady. Uh, Mike Yam, I think that's very good advice for anybody who's coaching or playing with Tom Brady. However, my question for you is this. It's week 14 in the NFL, and it is still hard for all of us to figure out who in the hell the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually are. They Committed a little bit to playoff Lenny early in that game. I think that's something to build on. What we saw at the very end of that game is certainly something to build on. They're going to win the NFC South. They are going to 
be the four seed in the playoffs. And they are going to face the Dallas Cowboys, who will be the fifth seed. There, I've said it. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Is this a team that can do anything in that game, or is this a one-and-done scenario? Look, I think you hit the nail on the head, by the way, on Fournette and White. Both of those guys combined 150 yards from scrimmage. We hadn't seen a ton of production from Fournette. White's been playing well over the last couple weeks or so. But the point is, big picture, and I'm glad you bring up the fact that it's week 14 at this point. Before they had won the game last night, I fully anticipated coming in to today, talking on TA and saying, guys, do we really have to talk about the Bucs? Because I think they've shown us, like, they're, it's okay, like, unless you're a Bucks fan, it's okay to say that they're not a good football team. And mm-hmm. right now, I still don't even know if they're a good football team. They're an average football team, and that's okay. They'll get into the postseason because that division is not strong. And, and to me, like, let's just call a spade what a spade is. And the fact that it's Tom Brady, I think, has us all mystified where we say, oh, my God, it's Tom Brady. Of course they're going to make this great run. And they got all these pieces. I heard Willie in our meeting today, David, make a lot of really good points about this offense. They have talent on this roster. The defense is not a bad – this is not a bad team – I don't understand how we go quarter after quarter without getting touchdowns, considering the caliber of player that's there. It's now four consecutive games for Mike Evans. We talked about it on game day kickoff before the game. It was Mooch's player to watch. It's four straight games now under 60 yards receiving. There's some factors that are in play that are just weird to me. One of the weird things that is in play is the fact that this is a team that is averaging 18 points a game. It's not very difficult to beat these guys. You put three touchdowns on the board, you're almost guaranteed mm-hmm. a win against the Bucks. Their next opponent is, of course, the San Francisco yep. 49ers. Now... San Francisco 49ers have questions at quarterback. We have a sense, of course, that Brock Purdy will get the start this week. But, of course, we now know that Jimmy G's broken foot will not require surgery, that he could, may be back for a playoff run. That's good news for that team. Yeah. Facing the 49ers is bad news for this Bucks team. Yeah. Do you give them any hope in that game? Well, of course, because they have the greatest of all time playing quarterback for them. And I think that you can you can build off of what they did the other day. So if you're in the Bucks meeting room, room right now and you're Byron Leftwich and you're Todd Bowles and you're Tom Brady, mostly Leftwich and Brady, and you're trying to figure out how what, what happened, right? So we got into no huddle. We got into some two-minute stuff. It slowed the rush down. It helped our, our tackles. Like, you go out there and you run against San Francisco and you think you're just going to drop back pass, give Bosa 45 seconds, a minute to rest up and just charge the battery and come at you. If the game's going to be over yeah. in the first quarter, you have no chance, right? So I think that I think that what they can do is they can build on that. I remember, I'm old enough to remember Tom Brady rolling into Baltimore, going empty against a great defense and chopping them up. Peyton Manning did the same thing. You get against these defenses that are playing historically great football, like number one, like in the last couple years, all-time good football. You have to do something to change up the tempo, to give them something different to look at. If you think you're going to come in there and just line up and stagnate and get the ground game going, non-existent, not going to happen. So I think you have to lean on your strength, which is your quarterback. Go in there, let him get at the line of scrimmage, let him slow these guys down with some tempo and see if you can kind of change up what they expect happening on Sunday. In poker, all you need is a chip and a chair. In the NFL, all you need is the GOAT and a halfway decent defense. The Bucks do have that. Are you hopeful for this team? No. <laughs> I'm not, I, and especially not for this match. Yeah, right? I mean, I it's a tough David one, man. Chronicled it really well. You can talk all you want about Brock Purdy. You said this yesterday on game day kickoff. 
you don't let a quarterback who's a rookie throw 37 times if you don't have confidence in them. Yeah. Take it a step further, and you know we, uh, Jonathan Bassey, our researcher, looked it up for me. Three separate times in the second half, it's a third and one situation for the Niners' offense, and it's not give the ball to Christian McCaffrey and see what you can do. It's Brock Purdy throwing. You don't put him in that situation if you're not confident. So, I, look, the kid completed 68% of his passes in college, like for four years. Yeah. He did it in the first time he went out against a great defense. Uh, there's no reason to think that he's not going to be able to be plugged into Kyle Shanahan's system and throw the outside screens, get through, rip through his progressions. He did a good job of that the other day. He really got through his progressions well. He's a, he's a kid that comes in and doesn't look like a rookie. A lot of times you see the rookies that come in, look at the first guy, he's not there. Oh, I'm going to scramble, take the sack. Like That's usually what you see. But he didn't do that. He played great. Finish the sentence, guys. Bucks, Niners, week 14. I wouldn't be surprised if... It's a race to 21. Whoever gets to 21. Like the Bucks aren't scoring more than 21 points in that game. Finish that sentence. I wouldn't be surprised if. Dave. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks came out and didn't even huddle in the first half. No. That's just how I like look at their, how they're going to save their season. Like, don't even give a chance to the San Francisco 49ers line up you, against your stuff. Use his answer, not mine. It's way better. Viewers' guide to Week 14. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, I just I'm trying to find ways for them to push the ball forward. That's got to be it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. My guests today, Michael Yam, 
David Carr. Coming up in a moment, we will have a very special guest today, rookie safety from the Miami Dolphins, Verone McKinley III. He has a very interesting story to tell about Tom Brady and about facing Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill in practice at Miami. Should you be worried about the Dolphins after that loss to the 49ers? Not according to Verone McKinley III. He'll tell you that in a moment. But first... This. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Everybody gets a touchdown. The final score, guys, on Sunday night in Dallas, a little bit of flattery. Flattery to deceive, I would argue. Cowboys 54, Colts 19. The question I have for you, David Carr, does Dak Prescott need an hour or two in your car shop? Because (laughs) he has thrown six interceptions over the last five games. It's fine in the middle of the season. You can metabolize it if you're putting up 100 points a game, as they seem to be willing to do. Come playoff time, that gets difficult. That gets tricky. That could be dangerous. What are you seeing? So I'll, I used to play Madden against my brother Derek when he was younger. And he did, wasn't very good when he was little. Like, he's 12 years old. Right? So <laughs> you're playing against the Colts, right? So I, I liken that to the same scenario. So I would throw interceptions. And it, it was like I, I knew that I had the defense. I knew that if I needed to, I could turn it up and shut him down. And that's usually what would happen until he got a little bit older and figured it out. It's the same thing that I'm seeing with the Cowboys. Like, the, the interceptions that, they're, that they have or Dak has across the middle of the field, a couple of those are on, his, on wide receiver reads that we've talked about and we, we actually showed in the car shop a couple weeks ago where, you know, CeeDee Lamb is asked to do a couple different things. It's a middle read. He can either break it across or he can take it down the seam. There were a couple interceptions on that. I really don't see it as a problem. You know, I see, I see them if they need to, right? Before Gallup came back, I was like, where are they going to get that production? How are they going to bring the defense away from CD, take them out of the box. And, and, and Gallup's actually played pretty well. So I, I think that that's going to be something that as they go forward, they're not going to have to push the envelope as much over the middle of the field because, honestly, they should be getting one-on-ones on the outside with the other run of the football. Your suggestion uh, a couple weeks back when we had this conversation was to basically remove the middle yeah, read altogether yeah. from the game plan, which ostensibly they have done. They did, I they think did, they were listening they did to it the next week. The and it, I mean, weeks. well, it's easy to see because you had two picks in one week on the same play. And so if you're, if you're a, I mean, an intelligent coach, which they are, down there, they just say, well, we'll take it out. Like, we're already a productive enough offense. We can put 50 on, on anybody we need to. We don't need to mess with this read that's causing some issues. So they took it out, and they've been fine. Next teams, we're going to stay in the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on Mike Yams, New York football giants on Sunday at MetLife. It's going to be a rout, isn't it, Mike Yams? Michael, no, no, you go. There you go. Don't fall for that. Look, I don't. This is this is tough sledding here. The Eagles have shown they're the most complete team offensively and defensively right now. We have said this is going to be a tough portion of the Giants' schedule. And what's tough is we talked about it yesterday on the podcast to not get the win against Washington. That hurts a little bit. There's still the walking wounded on offense. If there's one bright spot, I wish I had the numbers in front of me. But this defense for the Giants. Uh, was it five sacks off the top of my head against Washington? I believe that's right. Fans. So five sacks, 18 quarterback pressures against Heineke, Taylor Heineke. To me, there's some signs of life, and that's why I won't say it's a route. The fact is, David, we saw my commanders beat the Eagles. What did they do that Brian Dayball and the boys can maybe steal from in terms of putting together a winning game plan against this Philadelphia Eagles team, who, if we're being honest, looked rather unbeatable against the Titans they do. in Week 13? Yeah, they do. It's hard to find a weakness with Philly. The only thing that I keep going back to is eventually someone's going to get some sort of pressure on Jalen Hurts, and that's, been, that's really been the issue is every time I see them play, he's just camped out back there, a la Brady like 10 years ago with the Patriots just eating sandwiches 
finding out who he wants to throw the football to, that's dangerous, right? Because he doesn't really force the ball either. So I think that what the Giants are uniquely qualified to do is what I've seen you know, that defense coordinator do when he was in Baltimore. They are going to come after you. They're going to they're make you make a decision quickly, get the ball out of your hand, and be accurate with it. And if you don't do that, they're going to make you look bad. So they have a chance. They have a shooter's chance. We saw them do that against Lamar Jackson earlier in the season, yeah. and that's exactly right. We saw that work to great effect. Yeah. Now, what we are not seeing is a lot of success to feel confident about on the other side yeah. of the football. In the meeting today, we talked about limitations that Brian Dayball may have and may be forced to reckon with. Willie suggested that they are out of resources, that Brian Dayball has exhausted his resources. Another person said it may have been you. Saquon Barkley is the Giants' offense. Yeah. Somebody else said Dayball doesn't want to open up the offense because he is trying to protect Daniel Jones. None of those things sound to me like a recipe for sustained success. Right. What do you see on the offensive side of things that are either working and you stick with or that need fixing and can be fixed? Well, I think to Willie's point, the stuff that is working has already been shown to the entire league. And now you're several weeks into this thing and it's pretty much all out there. And so when he talks about Dayball being kind of tapped on his resources, he's done everything he can to try and control the narrative. <laughs> like he's trying to protect Daniel from himself, really, because like Daniel, when you watch him just in straight drop back pass game, he's almost oblivious to the rush. And that can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. If you have a great offensive line, it's a good thing because you'll buy time for your guys. You'll push the ball on the field. But it's almost to their detriment when he when he does that too much. And I think that's what Dayball is trying to guard himself against. He obviously has Saquon Barkley. And early in the season, they were pounding the football. I remember being in London, talking to some of the Packer guys. They're like, you know what? When I watch them, it's like they're trying to protect Daniel. You know, they ended up beating the Packers. So it's like, well, it's working to an extent because Dave Ball's a good coach and he can scheme it up and he can find ways. But I think, to Willie's point, they're running out. They're running out of ways to do that. And I honestly, I think it's this, it's this moment, like I saw at the end of the Washington game, Daniel opened it up. They didn't necessarily get a lot of production out of it, but Slayton is a guy that can make some plays down the field. I think, honestly, you got to roll the dice a little bit if you're day ball and do some things that maybe you haven't shown in the last several months. Spread it out, maybe go a little bit unconventional, and just, you know, if Daniel can do it, great, but it's, it's better than just kind of sitting back there getting no production from your running back, running the same stuff you've been running, trying to protect your guy. I don't necessarily see you being able to play Philly to a 13-10 to 10 game. Like, I know that would probably work against maybe a lot of the teams you see 20-20 against Washington. I get that. It's not going to work against Philly. You're going to have to push the envelope a little bit. Translation, Brian Dayball, if you have an ace up your sleeve, if you have a trick up your sleeve, <laughs> it right. may be the time to play it. We may need to see it. Mike Yam, you talked about your disappointment after that tie against the Commanders. And as a Commanders fan, I totally understand what you mean. A minute 47 to go in regulation. You've got three timeouts. Jahan Dotson has just spin-moved his way into the end zone to tie it up. Great play, but you had every reason to believe yeah. that you were going to go down the field, kick a game-winning field goal. You didn't like what you saw from your offense in that moment. But you and I both know, if you beat the Lions, who you should have beaten, yep. and you go down and kick the game with a field goal against my commanders. That's a 9-3 team, and it's a totally different conversation we're having today. We're talking about how the fact that Brian Dayball is taking his limited resources and turning yeah. it into wins. Yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. I mean, look, there, to be fair, though, you know how many of these moments NFL teams have every single Sunday? Unfortunately, from a Giants perspective, they're on the outside looking in on, on two critical games that could have changed the complete narrative for the entire season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We interrupt this podcast for a special rookie report, but not just any rookie report, not your usual rookie report, which of course would be a report on rookies. No, this is a report from a rookie. We welcome in Miami safety Verone McKinley III, which, if we're being honest, sounds like he is probably the heir to a hedge fund or natural gas mm. fortune. <laughs> Are you the heir to a hedge fund or a natural gas fortune and you only play this game for the love of the game? <laughs> I am not. I am not. I'm sorry to hear that for you and for me because I was going <laughs> to ask for a loner. He is the pride of the Hawks, the Hebron High School Hawks mm. in Carrollton, Texas. He is the pride of the Ducks, the University of Oregon Ducks in Eugene. And, of course, he is the pride of the Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up, young man. Thank you so much for making the time. The unexpected visit on the podcast. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. That's it. Just thank you. <laughs> I mean, you I thought we were going to get into it. You've got an open mic. Man. What are you going to do with it? I'm ready to go, honestly. All right, you're I'm, ready to go. Let's I'm do ready. this. My first question is about your introduction to the league. April 28th, 29th, and 30th of this year. You know those dates quite well. Because that was the NFL draft in Las Vegas. And there you are having had a wonderful career at the University of Oregon, probably filled with some hopes and expectations that maybe you would hear your name over the course of those three days. I want you to tell me what your mindset was like heading into draft week and what your experience was like over those three days. So my mindset going in, of course, you have your agent, you get kind of here's where, you know, we see you going, things like that. So I'm like, OK, I go in. I'm thinking at worst, sixth round at worst. I know some things may have not shaken out, just boom. Three days go by. Once we got to the fourth round and some safeties that I, you know, I felt 
I had a little bit better resume then. Started going before me, I started looking like, okay, this might not shake out how we think it might. And so time goes by, we get to the sixth round, so boom. I'm like, okay, this is, I'm probably about to go undrafted. And for me, I didn't, I wasn't like sad about it. It was just kind of like shocking because I was like, wow, I did so much. You work so hard. You put in the time and you have such a resume and you're like, I don't deserve to be drafted at all. But for me, it was like, okay, what's next? We got to, we got to get moving here. So what's the next steps? Talk to my agent, figure out what I'm going to do. I decided to pick Miami. feel like it's the best situation for somebody like myself, an undrafted free agent, a team that uses a lot of DBs, uses a lot of packages. Okay, let's go there and let's let's see how things shake from there. Okay, thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, listen, some people might be offended by that question about, so you weren't drafted, how did it go? But the fact is, those of us who always dreamed of a life beyond our sandlot or high school or even college glory days, we live vicariously through you. And I think you're one of those people who represents an even closer connection to the game than somebody like David Carr, who's sitting, of course, here to your left. David was the first overall selection in the year that he was drafted, the first ever selection by the Houston Texans. Very different experiences with regards to the draft, and yet yours is the one that I resonate the most with because yours comes with achievement and hope, a certain degree of expectation, but the requirement of humility to be ready to adjust if things didn't go your way. They didn't go your way. You chose the Miami Dolphins. Mike Yam, I think we can agree the young man chose wisely. Yeah. Well, look, I was actually talking to Verona about this before we started this podcast. I think what's fascinating, because I don't think many college players have a really good understanding of what's happening on Sundays schematically. And Verona had other options to go to. And, and you correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, this was something, this was a conscious decision that you had made. Explain why it was the better fit for you to go to down in Miami. So understand, so for myself in college, COVID especially, I was watching a lot of NFL just because I'm like, I've watched all our games two times in a row. I know what happened. So now let's start to learn from other people. So I really started to watch the Patriots a lot, play a lot of DBs. I was a big Gilmore fan. I like McCourty a lot. So those are two guys that I'm watching a lot. And I understood that in Miami, Josh Boyer is somebody who came from the New England coaching tree. Knowing that the New England team, they use a lot of DBs, undrafted guys, same as just in Miami in general, using undrafted guys and guys who can make the team and have an impact, knowing that and the type of skill set that I have where I can play nickel, being a strong safety, free safety, any type of package, being able to go there and at least display my talents and feel like I have a shot of making the team. And that's why I decided to go there. So using... My prior knowledge of just the game and the type of coordinators and, and type of game that the NFL is with so many people passing the ball, understanding that, and I was, that's how I made my decision. Tom Brady, sixth round, 199th pick. Those two numbers are emblazoned in our memories because, of course, the greatest of all time was a sixth round pick, was overlooked was the 199th man picked in the draft. If they could redo the draft, there isn't a single GM who wouldn't take him first, right? 198 picks sooner than they did. Brady carried with him that chip on the shoulder and carries with him that chip today, David, you know this. Aaron Rodgers carries a chip on his shoulder and he only slid to the bottom of the first round. Do you carry the chip on your shoulder when you look at all those other 31 teams that said no, Truth be told, the Dolphins said no as well, but there you are. You're now representing the Finns. Do you carry that chip on your shoulder, making sure you remind them week in and week out what they missed out on, the mistake that they made? I would say I, I carry that chip, but, but for me, it's not. it doesn't come from animosity. It's a chip of just understanding that everybody's journey is different. And for me, even going to college, my journey was different, switching positions. So 
it's all about adjusting. And the, the same thing applies in football. You have to be able to adjust. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, things change. And so understanding that this chip is going to be on my shoulder forever, no matter what. But you also have to come in and be ready to produce. You can't woe is me. You can't feel bad for yourself because you do have an opportunity. And so that's how I looked at it. Some guys don't even have that opportunity. My own teammates don't even have that opportunity, but I have one. So instead of going in there with the sad and, oh, I'm just going to try to do my best, it was like, look, I know I belong here. I know that what I can do. And for me, it was like, we're going to go in. I'm going to put my best foot forward, and let's just see where the chips may fall. Mike Yam on his Instagram page, his motto in life, <laughs> attitude is everything. My old man used to say the same thing. It's not about what happens to you. It's how you respond to the things that happen to you. I know your old man, David Absolutely. Carr, used to say that to you all the time. What was your aha moment? What was your welcome to the NFL moment? I have a guess because I was listening to some of the chatter before we put the mics on. <laughs> you had a joint practice with the aforementioned Tom Brady. Was that your aha moment? Was that your fanboy moment where you kind of like, damn, that's, uh, that's Brady over there? There's really two. This one, the one in Tampa Bay for our first joint practice, it was more of a mental welcome to the NFL because it was the first seven-on-seven seven period. You know, the, the attitude, the energy is high. It's the first joint practice. You're finally going to get somebody else. And Tom Brady comes out, and he's just, boom, ID this, ID that, check this, snap, balls out, completion, six-yard completion. I'm like, wow. And it's just, it was like clockworks, just the same thing over and over, IDing everything. Because in college, quarterbacks, you know, guys come out, they just look around, and they're going to snap the ball. But he looks, sees the shell, ID the mic, check this receiver, check this tight end. If he does this, run this, then just goes. And then I'm just like, whoa, that's just fascinating to me. He's just pointing everything out. But my physical just welcome to the NFL moment was a couple weeks ago. We're playing Cleveland. Third quarter, I had came up, hit Nick Chubb. I kind of, you know, I come up. I know Nick Chubb's a great running back, so I come up with some energy. Boom, I get him a little back, cut him down, good tackle. We get to the fourth quarter, he comes, he comes around, I'm running down, because I know I gotta, you know, I gotta bring all 195 pounds to get this man down. <laughs> and I come up, I try to hit him kind of the same way, and I hit him, and he just spins off of it. Spins off, don't know how he got out of the traffic, tight ropes down the sideline, touchdown, and I was just like, whoa, I don't even know how he got out of that. And so that's my, my welcome to the NFL oh. moment. And you see the rookie, Verone McKinley the third. he comes in there, tries to run the alley, but, you know, Chubb with just a tremendous run. Was that made a point of in film room that week? It was, but I'm, I'm somebody who's hard on myself, so as soon as I came off the field, I was like, I got to make that tackle. I knew right then and there I should have went low and across. I tried to kind of go from the side and just take his inside leg out, but instead track across, go, from, go across him that way. I can still grab his legs and get him on the ground. I mean, good running back. Okay, you talked about Brady's speed in terms of assessing even a seven-on-seven. Seven. You talk about the power and the tackle-breaking ability of somebody like Nick Chubb. You face guys like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill every day in practice. Let's give a little love to your teammates and your current situation. You guys are well within the playoff picture. You have every reason to believe that you're not only going to make the playoffs, but you're going to make a playoff run. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to talk about facing the likes of Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill and Tua with his RPO ability and his ability to read defense very, very quickly, get the ball out very, very quickly. Is that making you a better player week in and week out? 100%. It's funny because OTAs, first OTAs, you know, a lot of guys, if you're, you know, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, they're, they're going to be starters. They'll, so they may not go with the twos and threes. You know, me being undrafted, I'm going with the twos and threes. We have some other guys, you know, above me. And they're going with us. So, you know, I may be in a half, I'm single high, and I'm like, these guys are, these guys are different. I played Jalen in high school, so I, it's really not a surprise what Jalen's doing because he was like that before he had any offers with our sophomore year. 
I went and tried to tackle Jalen. He had the little Superman gloves on with the cape. <laughs> and I tried to wrap and roll, and I just looked up, and it was just the cape on my hand, and he was still running. So I've known Jalen's been able to do this. And then Tyree Kill, you see it, when you see it on TV, and then when you see it in person, it's just different. Because it's like, oh, I don't know why these guys can't do this or that. And then you get there, and it's like, okay, this dude, is, he's really that fast. He's really that fast. And he's, his ability to get in and out of breaks while being that fast and doing things at top speed is really what separates him. And so with Tua, Tua's gotten so from OTAs to now, Tua's anticipation on throws has just been phenomenal. I mean, guys aren't even looking. He's finding the window and putting it right where it needs to be. So as soon as they come out their break, the ball's there and they can get, get vertical. And so all of that has just been, it's been cool to see, but it's also been good for my development and being able to know that I can come out of my break from a, a half on Tyreek Hill and, and able to try to manipulate Tua or get a good read on what he's doing. And it's allowed for me to, to the game to slow down for me a little bit. You know, it's funny. That is the phrase, isn't it, guys, that we always hear, that when the game starts to slow down, we hear that a lot with regards to quarterbacks, yep. but it really is appropriate at every position. When the game starts to slow down is when your eyes start to widen, when you realize, I got this. You took us on the practice field. Take me inside the locker room after a loss. I'll tell you what, 49ers got one heck of a good football team. Yeah, they, they do. They're going to be there, Jimmy. Dolphins fall to eight and four on the season. That's the end of that. What was Mike McDaniel's message to you guys after that loss? Embrace it. We know we're a good football team. We know that we left some plays out there, and we know that it's hard for a team to beat us, but it's easy for us to beat ourselves. And when I say that is because it's easy for us to, you know, miss a tackle. It's easy for us to get out of a gap. It's easy for us to miss a, a throw, drop a ball. But that's on us. We can control those type of things because that's what we practice for. But for another team, it's, it's super hard to beat us. I mean, the game was still close. Whatever The catch with Mike Gusecki, we're down six, seven points at that time. And so we're still in the game. And we know that's a, that's a playoff type of game right there. For me, being a rookie, it's my first experience of a really big Titan game. The stakes are high. This is what a playoff environment is going to be like. And so just knowing that it's, it's correctable and, and for Mike letting us know that we need to embrace it, correct it, and you got to move forward and understand that we have another big game. For the rest of the year, every game is huge at this point, but we got to move on to the Chargers, correct what we, we did wrong, and just know that we're, we're here, we're not afraid of anybody, and, and we know that we're continuously getting better. You still learn from losses. Okay, that sounds great, and I believe you. I'm looking in your face, listener, and he is a very believable person. What is your confidence level with this Dolphins team? What should my, I'm a neutral, I'm on the outside looking in, what would you tell me? to look for and expect from the Finns the rest of the season. Where are you going this year? What are you going to pull off this year? What are you capable of this year? And will the execution match what the capabilities are? I think we're capable of playing high-level football and being satisfied with the win at the end of the year. Ending the year on a win. Ending the year on the win. Now, we all know, David, you've done this. You've been part of a team that won the last game of the season. It only happens for 53 guys. You know that special feeling. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a, a group that believes like like they do, and it, it sounds like they're able to handle losses, which is m- more important than handling wins, I think. And if you can collectively come together and realize that it was it was user error, right? It's like we used to talk about in New York all the time. It wasn't something that the opponent did. It's never really about them. It's about us being in the correct gaps, us making the plays. And if you can see through those losses, man, you can learn more in the losses than you can in the wins. So. I would, just, I would just tell you guys, yeah, continue to lean on that because 
that's more important. A lot of times people like to bury the tape or throw the football in the trash or whatever kind of, you know, way they want to try to erase what happened to you. But man, I would, I would caution against that because those are the times you can learn the most. You never really learn anything in a win, you know, because it's you know, victory Monday. Everyone goes off, does their own thing. No one watches the film. But in reality, the losses are way more important because you could see those guys again. David Carr, if you could send Verone back to the Miami Dolphins locker room with one piece of advice, what's the one thing that you see in this team that you are worried about and that you would like to see changed or um, improved? Yeah, I think that, I, well, that's just the, it's just that. I don't necessarily see anything that I'm worried about. I think that you guys needed to be in a game like that. You talked about that was your first experience in a real playoff-type atmosphere. So the more the more you can be in those games, it's not and it's not something you can manufacture in practice. It's not something you can get even in OTAs or practice sessions with Tom Brady. You have to actually be there in San Francisco in that moment you have to feel that opponent right you talked about tackling Nick Chubb like you have to feel what that's like you have to know the speed that know the angle you have to take on the tackle just take all that stuff in man because it's gonna make you a better team it's all about experience you know you guys have a young team I was with Mike McDaniels funny enough sitting in a meeting room when he was like 17 years old he got a shot he was Kyle Shanahan he was uh, the wide receiver coach Gary Kubiak was the head coach and Mike McDaniels was just trying to figure out who he was as and he was a little bit aggressive as a young kid but he's brilliant right so Mike's he knows his stuff he's been around a lot of football He's smart. Right? He also will take ownership. Like I know, I know that's that's one thing about Mike is he'll say when he messed up. So that's a great quality to have in a young coach. And I, I know you guys respect him for that, but you guys are going to be fine. Any dirt that you could give Verone to take back so at least he has it in his back pocket, he can pull it out the next time oh my the coach gosh. is on his jock? Well, no, I can't. I mean, Mike was great. He was, he, well, he was trying to keep his head above water I didn't like, think the whole would, time. I didn't think he'd bite at that. No, he was great. He was great. Uh, last question for you. I'm so thankful for your time. November 27th, 2022. That date significant to you? Let me tell you why it should be, young man. You played David Carr's Houston Texans in Miami. And something happened in that game that hadn't happened before and hasn't happened since. And I, wanna, I want you to walk me through this play. Deep downfield, and it's picked off. It's Barone McKinley with his first ever interception. All right, kid, tell me about it. Fourth quarter, they're driving down. It's 15 to 30. We haven't, we haven't really clicked second half. We need something. We need to get off the field. Um, they're giving us a lot of empty. So understanding where we're at on the field, we're kind of in that, that shot zone area. So expecting something deep. They're in empty. So it's funny because preseason, we had gotten a lot of slot fades and it was coming out of empty. So for me, realizing, okay, it's empty. We're in the fourth quarter. We have a rookie, another rookie. He's our slot corner. And then there's Xavier Howard outside of him. I'm like, they're, they're not going to try X right. They're, they're not going to do that right now. So, boom, I move to the next guy. I see it. I'm like, okay, here's the matchup. Running back to the boundary. No, I'm not going to throw the running back right now. The other receiver, he's tight. So, even if he, he runs any outbreakers, there's not enough space for that. So, everything kind of has to come to me anyway. So, boom, I align myself to where I'm able to get to anything vertical to the field. Ball snaps, quarterback kind of, he looked at me for a very brief second and then boom, he snapped his eyes right to the field. And for me, I'm pedaling, I'm out, let's go. Ball probably hasn't even left his hand yet, I'm out, let's go. Let's go get it. And so, ball in the air and then just making a play. Catch, catch the ones they throw to you, catch it first, then just start running. Um, I try to stay outside because you're supposed to say right in between like the, the sideline and the numbers, X got blasted by the tight end and that knocked me out of bounds. And it is picked, intercepted. By McKinley. First of all, congratulations on that. I love the play. 17 yards you picked up after that pick. I know you're supposed to act like you've been there before, and you did. I've seen the video, but there must have been something special going on inside of you in that moment. First one, for me, I kind of, I put my arms out in a way because, like, 
in college, I had a lot of picks, and it was kind of like, this is a start. This is the start of it all over again. I'm here. This is the first one. Expect more and just excited to keep working, trying to build off of it. I knew you can't just stop at one. Of course not. Can I just take a moment and bash the entire NFL? Because did you get interviewed at all? I did. I did get interviewed. How was he not drafted? It's the craziest thing ever. So I had a conversation with Harrison Smith. And I'm not trying to like toot your horn here. I had a conversation with Harrison Smith this offseason. And you guys sound identical. What you're talking about, like the, uh, the understanding of where Xavier is, where this matchup is, and where the ball might be going. Like he talks about the same things. And knowledge is key in this league. And I love that you're watching the Patriots. And I love that you identified that team being a smart football player, tough football player. I haven't got to watch you as much, but from now on, I'm watching this man. Damn right I am. Yeah, because he's going to be a great football player just because of your mindset and your, and your understanding of what the offense is doing. So I keep that up, man. But I'm like, who? Did no one talk to this kid? Yeah. Undrafted? It's Honestly. crazy. Honestly. Crazy. May that interception that you had against the Texans be the first of many, as it should be. May your next win be the next of many. Yeah, man. We are for rooting sure. for your team. We are rooting for you specifically. We're so grateful for you sharing a little bit of your journey. And uh, it's just beginning, young man. And I hope that it succeeds because the fact is I'm worried about my job. If your <laughs> journey as a player doesn't succeed, then I'm in trouble because you're going to come take my job away from me. So go, do your best, <laughs> okay? I'm thinking 15, 17-year career. Do your thing. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. The next topic, Odell Beckham Jr., who was in Dallas, famously, no surprise, the other day. We all expected Jerry Jones not to let the young man out of the building before signing him, but Jerry Jones said today his confidence is low in signing OBJ if OBJ doesn't work out and prove that he is, in fact, ready for the rigors of live snaps. Everybody in our meeting kind of poo-pooed that idea. David Carr, you see the sense in what Jerry Jones is saying. Help me with this. Because he wants to win, and he wants Odell to come in and do what he did for the Rams last year and help him win the Super Bowl. And if you can't help me do that, and you're going to still be a guy that has to come back and rehab and kind of work through some things, I'm going to pay you for that, then you're of no use to me because at the end of the day, Jerry Jones wants to win the Super Bowl this year. He feels like... The time is now. He's going to do whatever he can to, to make that happen. He's happy to pay Odell if he's healthy. I'm also happy, like, when veteran guys say this to teams, I'm totally fine with it. Like, I always was on the, on the boat of, like, yeah, you know what? You've, I have tape. Go watch my tape. If you want to bring me in, that's the player that I'm going to be. But the only difference is, is I just don't know. Like, I, we haven't seen an Odell workout video. I would just want to see him out there moving around. Like, and then, and then guess what, man? We're good. I'll sign you. I think that if Jerry, if he makes that point to Odell, I think you can get him in some shorts, get him on the field, and, and make this thing work. They're going to make it work, man. Like, look, he's going to be a cowboy. I they'll, think they'll he is. And, and apparently the number that it's going to take to sign him, I think Willie said that Jerry Jones spends that on lunch. So it's two I yachts, man. Yeah, like, he, I, can, he can handle it. Exactly. Right? I think it's affordable enough for them to take the risk I of agree. finding out whether he's ready for live snaps. Yes. But I do understand what Jerry Jones said, and I appreciate your thoughts on this. Yeah. Michael, the short list for OBJ was originally the Packers, the Bills, Giants. the Cowboys, and your Giants. Yeah. Do you have any interest in looking into the proverbial camera and giving one last plea for OBJ to come back and don the uniform of the New York football Giants? You want to be a number one? <laughs> That's the spot. That's not too bad. It's just a matter of what he wants. Yeah, just yeah. you want to be the dude, you can be the dude. But I think the Packers are out of the mix. You can point to those two games, the Giants and the Lions, that we just talked about and said, hey, OBJ, if you were here, maybe we're talking about some of those wins. It's a harder sell, though, when you consider uh, the head-to-heads against Dallas, the fact that they look like a, a better football team right now, and the Bills are 
are better football And Odell's been in this role. He was just in the same role last year, yeah. and that's where he chose to go. Like, Cooper Cup was yep. already there, an established guy. He could have been a number one somewhere else. He ended up going there, and the rest is history. Michael Yam, OBJ, appealing to your vanity, <laughs> appealing to your ego. <laughs> what a cheap shot from a normally respectful young man. I see you, Yammer. <laughs> and finally, let's talk about the power rankings very quickly. 30 seconds on the clock. I need to get you out of here, and I really appreciate your time. But Dan Hansis, I have to give the man some credit. He does know how to spark a debate. The most recent power rankings has the Eagles, unsurprisingly, number one. The Dallas Cowboys, the fifth seed in the NFC, number two. And the Cincinnati Bengals, who I believe are the, what, sixth seed in the AFC, are... Number three, Cincinnati, let me double check this, are the five seed, the fifth seed in the AFC, Cincinnati Bengals at number three. Do you have a problem with not seeing the Chiefs or the Bills in the top three? Last time I checked, this team was in the Super Bowl last year, and we're acting like they get a couple wins, like we're surprised. You know, that offensive Come line, on, like at the beginning of the year, they looked like they were in shambles. Oh, yeah. And they were having the same problems, and now it's like they're one of the best units in the one, league. One sack given up against KC. Yeah. I have no problem with the Eagles, number one. I believe that they are currently the best football team in the NFL. But can you look me in the face, David Carr, and tell me that the Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys that you rooted for growing up. Okay. Yes, the truth is out. That's facts. That the Dallas Cowboys are the second best team in the NFL and that the Cincinnati Bengals are the third best team in the NFL. Do you buy it? No, I can't buy that. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, this is the Cowboys and Hansis is trying to get some clicks. Uh, That's probably what's happening, okay? Let's be San Francisco, let's not forget, they're better than they were last year. I know the quarterback situation is what it is, right? But I, I'm still old enough to remember when they played the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world, what happened in that football game. You're going to have to show me that you're not that same team before you can be crowned the number two team in the league. That's all I'm saying. I want to thank today's special guests, Mike Yam, David Carr, and Verone McKinley III. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Join us tomorrow when we take a deeper dive into the Week 14 schedule, including some bold predictions that Mike Yam is not going to like about the Eagles and Giants game. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.